In what was a touching tribute to all those who've lost their lives defending this country, Staten Island's 102nd annual Memorial Day Parade went off without a hitch on Monday, marking the first major event the borough has seen since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by two of my Staten Island Advance and SI Live colleagues to discuss the 2021 Memorial Day Parade. First, we'll talk with breaking news reporter Kyle Lawson, who covered the event in person, for a look at how Staten Island's first major event since the start of the pandemic unfolded. Then, we'll speak with City Hall reporter Paul Liotta about the controversy surrounding the parade's permit process and why the momentous occasion almost didn't come to be. Thanks for joining me today, Kyle. Good to catch up with you. It's uh, been a long time since we've seen most people in the newsroom, given the the state of the pandemic and everyone working remotely. How have you been? I'm good. You know, I'm chipping into these extra pounds that I've put on over the last year. And, um, you know, I'm a a musician in my free time, so some of the clubs are, are reopening, which is good. And actually, I haven't shared this with anyone really, except my wife at this point, but um, I was just recently uh, diagnosed with some inflammation in my lungs. They're not really sure what it is yet, but I found this out after I got my vaccine. (laughs) So yeah, and apparently this has been going on for a while. So, you know, when we would write stories about people in their late thirties, forties, getting into some trouble with the the virus the whole time, it could have been me, you know, I'm finding out now. So um, just a little PSA, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I imagine you're a little shooken up by that. I mean, that's uh, that's a scary thing to have to deal with for sure. And especially at a time, like you said, where it seemed like things were kind of getting back to normal and the clubs were opening again. I know you're, like you said, you're a musician in, in your free time. Uh, so it's it's got to be tough to have that, you know, coming in now. You know what, though? It's not, it doesn't look like it's life-threatening, and, and, but it could have been. That's, that's you know, what, what shook me for, for about 24 hours was like, wow, like, you know, if, and we're out there every day covering stories and interacting with people, you know, because we have to for the most part. And so I'm just glad I got, got my shots. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, having that pre-existing condition that you weren't even aware of really could have, you know, made it troublesome if you were to contract the virus while you were out covering something or or whatever it might be. So that's scary, but hoping all the best for you, obviously. Thanks. Thanks. So um, you were in attendance for Monday's Memorial Day Parade, went down Forest Avenue, as it does every year, kind of with the exception of last year, unfortunately, right. with the pandemic. But this event is, is a big deal for Staten Islanders. It always has been. Obviously, we've been hosting it for over 100 years, so it's a pretty big deal. But this year, the parade had kind of an extra layer of significance to it. As I mentioned earlier, this was the first big public event in the borough since the pandemic started last year. Can you just kind of set the scene for us a little bit? What stood out to you? What were some of the sights and sounds that you experienced when you first got there? Well, it was a lot of the familiar sights and sounds of a parade and i've covered a few of them on staten island you know the the motorcycles you know rolling thunder motorcycle club the the beauty queens the uh you know the boy scouts uh, the the kids with the miniature american flags um, all those things that like everything else in life we kind of took for granted it feels like it was nice. It was nice. You know, it was a sense of normalcy, and that was the vibes I was getting from 
the people attending as well, you know, just saying that it was nice to be out, nice to see familiar faces. Yeah, and so I imagine after everyone's been cooped up in the house for over a year that something like this, like you said, it would feel normal and that that does have to feel nice. And um, what were some of these people saying to you just about like being back out in a group and being able to support their community and see other people and, and all of that kind of stuff that comes along with a parade? Yeah, it was just that, just how you worded it, actually. You know, the crowd was a little thin, but energized. The folks that were there were really excited to be out and excited to be a part of something. Let me correct you, we had a convoy there. Sure, 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 yeah. We had a convoy, but this year, since Brooklyn and all the, and many other places are not having a parade, this, this is stupendous, this is beautiful. James Haynes is the acting president of the United Staten Island Veterans Organizations. And from, from what I see down the avenue, it's, it's amazing, it's great. And it being also, we didn't have the St. Patrick's Day parade, everybody's out. Yeah. This is what we needed. Great. This is something New York City needed. Uh, there were some, which I'm sure, you know, you hear this every year, guys in their 50s, 60s saying, you know, they wish there were more younger people that for, that came out for Memorial Day, like they do maybe for, for St. Patrick's Day. Whether that's the case, whether there's less support now for the military among young, younger people, I, I don't know. I'm sure that's something that's been said for, for decades. I mean, for the most part, that was the feeling I was, I was getting, which people were happy to see friends, see family, neighbors, you know, that they hadn't for, for a while. It, that's actually a very interesting point I hadn't really considered. So the Memorial Day parades, the Veterans Day stuff, you probably do see the crowd tend to skew a little bit older. Older and probably, you know, mostly like over 35, 40, and then young kids. Yeah. I'm curious kind of what the experience was like from your perspective covering the parade, because in the past year with the pandemic, we really haven't covered any events of this magnitude. I mean, at least I haven't. We haven't been going out and covering these huge events where there's tons of people, big crowds. So what was it like for you being back in that kind of crowd? It was a nice shot of adrenaline. I, I forgot about that. You know, when you, you're not really sure what you're going to find, who you're going to see, how the story is going to shape up in the end, because it's breaking news. I mean, it's, it's, it's a feature story, but it's, it's live breaking news. So that was nice. And just kind of getting back in the car and thinking about who you talked to and what you saw and how you're going to shape that into a story. It's, it's just, like I said, a nice little shot of, of adrenaline. And again, just nice to be out among people. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely seen that in the, in the few in the past few months as well as I've kind of gotten back to covering some live events. You know, after a year, it can be for me at least it was a little weird at first going back into a big crowd and then being there and then some people are wearing their masks some people aren't wearing their masks and you're in close contact and regardless of your vaccination status it's probably still just a little a little nerve-wracking right just being around that many people yeah it's like everything else i think over the past year it's risk management you know i'm i'm vaccinated now like i told you i have an underlying condition i found out about but I am vaccinated, so I, I feel pretty confident, pretty safe in that regard. Uh, my two-year-old obviously hasn't been vaccinated, you know, and I know that there's a chance that I could still spread it potentially to him. 
So, and I, it doesn't seem to be too harmful to young children at this point, but there's a strain in Brazil that, that is killing young children and the long-term effect, we just don't know yet. So there's always that concern. You know, at the parade, it was mostly people without masks. It's outside, it's the summer. We saw last year, you know, the numbers go way down, so which, is, which is good. And, but, you know, I ran across some veterans who, you know, they're in their 70s or served in Nam, 70s, I guess maybe 80s at this point, and, and they're double masked. So that, that's a reminder. Yeah, for sure. And it's good to see the people who do feel that way, taking those necessary precautions and, you know, still wearing the masks. And at this point, everyone has access to the vaccine. If if you want it, you can get it. The Like you said, the mask restrictions have kind of been lifted in a sense, uh, especially for outdoor events like this. And so to this point, we've really focused primarily on the celebration of the day and but it's really important to remember the true meaning of Memorial Day, which, of course, is honoring the brave servicemen and women who gave their lives for this country. I know you spoke with Bob Olis, who is the father of the late Staff Sergeant Michael Olis, a New York president who was killed in combat in Afghanistan at just 24 years old. He actually uh, is something of a Staten Island hero at this point. I mean, the new ferry boat is being named after him. They have the memorial run for him every year. So what did his father, Bob, have to say kind of about Memorial Day and, and the importance of honoring those that we've lost? Yeah, I ran into him by chance. Um, I had cut down a side street where marchers were lining up for the parade and he was standing next to a sign with a picture of his son and his son's name and, uh, you know, self-explanatory. It gave the year when he died and that he served in Afghanistan and that really kind of changed the, it altered the course of the story because leading up to that it was a celebration and it was people coming back out and it was people seeing each other for the first time in a while and he the way he described the holiday was that it's sad you know that it's it's necessary and that it's gives closure to families who have lost somebody in combat but it's it's not necessarily a happy holiday and he was a combat veteran himself, served in Vietnam. And so I, I asked him if he had any regrets, you know, in, I guess, not resisting his son going into the military. He was a, a, an army ranger. And he said as a father, he, he, he did have, you know, he does have regrets. But as a, again, as a combat veteran himself, he understood the the desire to want to serve your country uh, and to want to give back to your country. And I thought that was a, an interesting take. And, it, and it, yeah, and it was a reminder of, of what the day was about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people think Memorial Day weekend, they think unofficial start of summer. Like I said earlier, people are going to the beach. People are having barbecues, although the weather didn't really cooperate too much this weekend, uh, with the exception of Monday, which is good for the parade. But, you know, people think about the cold beer and the hot dog sometimes and, the, and they kind of forget the the real meaning of the holiday, as you say, which is which is a somber one, but one of remembrance and, and one of honoring these people. And so uh, it, it's really something very important. And although people are out there enjoying themselves, we also do hope that they that they take the time to reflect on that and, and think about those people that we've lost over the years. And by the way, 
there is cold beer available during the Memorial Day Parade on Forest Avenue also, so you can do both. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can kill two birds with one stone there. Celebrate and, uh, and honor, so. And the, and the other thing, real quick, too, it, it, it occurred to me, actually after, after I covered the parade the next day, that this was the first time in 20-something years I mean, as of, it sounds like as of July, we're going to be fully pulled out of Afghanistan. So this is the first time in like 20 years we haven't been at war, you know, so it kind of had a different feeling, you know, I don't know if that was at the front of anybody's mind at the time, but it's, that's a different feeling also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's one that we're uh, not accustomed to necessarily here. So uh, like you mentioned, that it, that is kind of an interesting note moving forward and to kind of see how it will maybe affect future future parades and future celebrations and and all of that kind of stuff but it was uh it was great work that you did out there and uh, i really appreciate you coming on and joining us yeah thank you we'll be right back To hear more from the reporters and gain exclusive access to all news Staten Island, subscribe to SILive.com. Visit SILive.com slash digital subscriptions to sign up today. Welcome back. I'm now joined by City Hall reporter Paul Liotta to discuss the controversy that surrounded the city permit process in the week leading up to the parade. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining me today. How was your Memorial Day weekend? Uh, pretty good, you know, wet and cold like everybody else's, but <laughs> you do what you can. So um, you reported earlier in May that the, that the city had initially denied parade organizers' request for a permit for the Memorial Day parade. What reason did the city give initially for denying this permit? PD told me the next day after the story reported that they hadn't issued a permit since the pandemic started, and it was related to state executive orders from the governor, basically banning those sorts of activities. Obviously, there have been you know large gatherings going on since the death of George Floyd, so I think a lot of people don't necessarily like that doesn't click for everybody. But yeah, that that was the reality that no parade permits had been issued since the start of the pandemic. Yeah, and so you mentioned that, that that no actual permits had been issued, but organizers seem to be upset because they say that similar events had been allowed to occur in other boroughs. Can you tell us a little about some of those other events and and why parade organizers were so upset that they were allowed, but then the, the permit for the parade was denied? Yeah, I mean, there was a specific event. There was a large, uh, like, pro-legal weed march in Manhattan, few days before they reached out to us, the organizers and their attorney. Essentially, they were like, why is this being allowed? But our event, which is, you know, ostensibly a much more like somber and meaningful, you know, parade than I would say, you know, regardless of what you think of like legal weed, I would say the Memorial Day Parade is probably more meaningful for a lot of people. But yeah, the, the reality was that these like large gatherings that have been happening like the cannabis parade and like other parades that have been happening, marches that have been happening throughout the pandemic haven't necessarily been permitted. But I think, you know, the message that the organizers of the Memorial Day Parade were trying to relay was sort of that, you know, we want to do this the right way. We want to do this legally with the police department's help. 
with the city's help and, you know, just have this parade that we've had for over 100 years now. Yeah, absolutely. And and after that initial denial of the permit, I know many of the borough's elected officials were understandably frustrated with the city's decision. And so what, what were you hearing from them during that time when it was still kind of uncertain if the parade would even happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was one of those nice, like, bipartisan Staten Island things where everybody sort of had the same reaction, that they were, you know, at best confused by the city's decision, and at worst, I would say, furious about it. There is no, there is no rational or scientific basis behind denying outdoor permits for events any longer. This is just a jerk move. Joe Borelli is the New York City Council member for the South Shore of Staten Island. To be honest, I mean, this is probably like not even on their radar. You know? In my opinion, they probably just deny it as a matter of course because we're denying everything. But like, you know, some other groups somehow managed to finagle through the, the, the weeds to get them. Councilman Matteo, from my understanding, uh, Councilman Borelli kind of told me this. And, you know, that message was pretty widely relayed to me that he was like really leading the charge on this in terms of like dealing with the city. Uh, obviously their attorney, Brendan Lantry, who's running for a judge seat right now, you know, he represented them and he was sort of negotiating with them behind the scenes being like, hey, you know, why can't we just have this parade? We want to do it the right way, all that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it was a very bipartisan, total just anger and like confusion as to why the city wasn't allowing it. That's not something that we always see on Staten Island, right? Some of these things occur and it tends to be one side or the other advocating for something. You have either all of the Republicans pushing for something and the Democrats not really supporting it or vice versa. So you know that it's really a a meaningful event when it's something that everyone kind of comes together on and and is in support of. So that was definitely nice to see from from our local electeds. And you mentioned kind of this back and forth between the the parade organizers and and local attorneys, Brendan Land like you mentioned, had, had kind of been spearheading some of that from the legal aspect from, uh, from my understanding. And so after that, the city eventually reversed course, right? And they allowed the parade to happen. So w- what was that back and forth like? And, and what reason did you hear from city officials in terms of why they actually uh, ended up changing their minds? Uh, I mean, the best way I could put it is that I can't speak for the city, but I suspect that this wasn't necessarily on their radar. The initial permit was filed in like late February. They denied it April 9th. They denied the permit. And, you know, as we got through April, it became kind of clear, you know, the efficacy of the vaccines and that things were going to kind of start to reopen. So I think once the city got wind of this, that they knew they needed to correct it. And they did, thankfully. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it, the mayor mentioned on Wednesday that it was, uh, it's one of the like smaller parades. So he's been a little bit hesitant about like the larger parades, West Indian Day Parade, uh, you know, the bigger parades in the city, that kind of thing. So I think this was, uh, I don't want to say trial run, but it was uh, something to kind of signify that we are coming out of the pandemic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier, this is a, a Memorial Day parade. So this is something that is, is very meaningful to a lot of people. It's it's not necessarily, you know, a weed parade down, you know, down Broadway or, or wherever they were. So this is something that it makes sense in my mind for the city to, to kind of allow something like this as the initial trial run, especially considering the significance it has, you know, to, to the people, obviously, to the families of veterans, but also just to Staten Island and to the borough, considering, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we've been doing this for over 100 years. So this is something that really, I think, helped. And we talked to Kyle a little bit about this, bring back some sort of sense of normalcy, right? And we're, we're getting out of the pandemic. The the positivity rates are way down. The vaccine rates are way up. So I, I think it's really a, a great thing that the city did end up reversing course on this and, and allowing it to happen and letting Staten Islanders kind of get a feel for what the, the new normal is going to be. For sure. I mean, you know, this is very important to the guys down here, the veterans, the men and women, you know, the guys who organize the United Staten Island Veterans Organization. They do a lot of great work. Obviously, we have, you know, a lot of ties to service on the island. The Alice family was there on Monday. And uh, I think it's just something that's very important to a lot of Staten Islanders and was, you know, like you said, I'm glad the city reached the decision that it did ultimately. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Paul. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to having you on again soon. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Did you know the Staten Island Zoo in West Brighton opened on June 10th, 1936? Thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit SILive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.